Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your host. I am Pastor David. We got James. Hey, hey. And we got a special guest, Brother Jimmy Silva. What's going on? What's the name of your uh, your ministry? God Squad Street Ministry. God Squad Street Ministry. And we mm. throw on the HTX to let people know we're from Houston. Yeah. There we go. Houston, yeah. Texas. Very good, very good. We're going to get into a little bit of uh, one of the outreaches that he d- he did here at our church um, last weekend? Mm. The weekend before? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, and uh, it was good, so we asked him to stop by. Um, but how things been going, man? Y'all been getting uh, a little bit of this rain and stuff? Oh, yeah. You, you know? should see my yard right now. It's Actually, you should not see my yard right now. <laughs> it looks really bad. Yeah. Last week was like I hadn't cut it in a week, so it was time to do it. And then the rain started, and I just – so now it's been like two and a half or so weeks, and mm. it looks rough. Yeah. And it's all muddy still because of the rain. Can't do nothing about and it now. I can't do anything until yep. it dries up. And it's yep. still about to rain the rest of this week. Yep, and I'm going back to and I'm going to work like the second half of the week. So. Yeah, so I'm just it's probably going to be three weeks or so <laughs> before it gets good. Hopefully, all this stuff will dry up before the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. I got. I went and looked at uh, some of our statistics, and um, we, we're now in 37 U.S. states and 28 Ooh, countries. You say 37? 37. That's man. almost all of them. Yeah, we're getting there. We should get to 50. Yeah, we're getting it. We're getting there. So hopefully. Uh, uh, there was a couple new ones, but I forgot to write them down. I think Wisconsin, Wisconsin came in. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, yeah. Mm. I don't know who's up there. I think uh, the Wisconsin from the West, Wisconsin. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you say it? It's where, like with an I. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin. It's fine. Look, we, we can move on. <laughs> I know Pastor's going up there in a, in a few weeks or something for a, a conference. Yeah. So maybe that's church related to that in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Mm. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's fine. I think in the Michigan, I think Michigan slid in there if, I, if I'm remembering mm. right. Yeah. They're like kind of close, right? Yeah, they're yeah. pretty close. Up there in the Great Lakes? I'm looking. Well, Michigan for sure. Wisconsin, I, I'm trying to decide if it's I think right it's above us. to the left if you're looking at that. Yeah, I think it's that one right there. Yeah, That's Green Bay, right? Um, West, yeah, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty good with geography for the U.S. until you start getting north uh north and northeast when they're all the states are like really small and just yeah. kind of shoved in there yeah it's kind of hit or miss i'm like all i know new hampshire is one of these new hampshire's rhode island all of those uh, yeah. little ones up there above new york yeah yeah yep. that's when i start falling off there <laughs> yeah they all got uh accents that i can't understand so i'll just stay in the south yeah you know me too yeah that's, that's how i like it um yeah man everything's been going good um, so I think we, we talked about this, uh, on a, a previous podcast, but, um, the, the Tesla. Yeah. Still liking it. Still, still loving, loving it. it. Yeah. Loving it, man. Getting I, better. Yeah. Getting better. So we finally got the, the charger at the house and that just kind of like brought the, you know, the ease down. On Bring the, it up to its full potential. Yeah. Cause before, you know, you'd have to stop at the supercharger and mm. all that, but now you got the. <laughs> 
the one at the house. But man, we're loving it. Yeah. A lot of looks. Okay. Never had a never had a car before where people just like, yeah. oh, yeah, look at that one, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so we we kind of modded ours out a little bit, so it it makes it kind of stand out from the rest of the. Just you modded it. What you do? You put some. You know, we put the like, spoiler <laughs> on it and the front. You know, the front. Uh, what do they call them? The lip or something, mm-hmm. and you know, mud flaps, and mm. we wrapped the the a pillars and stuff like that. So mm. it just kind of gives it its own little sporty look, nice. other than the, just a plain white Tesla. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. I didn't know like people thought like. Tesla's was like some rich people's car. Yeah, no, they definitely do. They definitely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't feel rich. No, <laughs> <laughs> we all <laughs> we all feel like you're rich. <laughs> I really don't feel like I'm rich. I have to watch my money just like everybody yeah. else, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I don't feel rich at all. Um, but yeah, but it's been fun, man. It's been it's been fun. I uh, put it on like the the fast mode. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel rich then? I, I felt fast. <laughs> I thought he was Vin Diesel. I know, right? It's like the seat popped up, and I just had to turn the electricity up. <laughs> <laughs> you turned up the voltage. <laughs> oh <that>. man! <laughs> uh, but it's been fun. It's been real fun uh, to drive it around uh, without Sandra. Mm-hmm. Sandra, <laughs> Sandra. <laughs> because it, like it tells on you. Like because uh-huh. you know I'm a very an aggressive driver, oh. you know, very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it tells on you, like if you get too close to the, another car, it's like beep, 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 beep. And oh, like, she's like freaking I hate out. That oh stuff. yeah. So I got to figure out how to turn that off when I'm driving. Yeah. See, I do want some kind of Tesla something one of these days. Um, but I hate all of that. Yeah. All that sensor, whatever stuff. But that's what makes it, it like cool though. Like, gives no, it that's the, not what makes it cool. It, that gives it the ability to do the things that it does. Yeah. You know, like the self-driving and, and mm-hmm. those things. I grew up, so gr- my dad would always, like, if he had any piece of equipment that had that kind of safety feature stuff, he was always, like, disabling it. So like, the, I, like the little thing on the lawnmower where you pulled it back? Exactly. Yeah. He had the some mod on there where it was, like, we had some lawnmower where I think you you couldn't go in reverse unless you turned the blades off because they didn't want you to accidentally... You know, run over a child or right. something, but that was, but it wasn't practical for him when we we're cutting the grass because right, a lot right. of times you got to back up real quick and then go or get off, the, get off it and it kills itself. Yeah, it's all that kind of yeah. stuff. So he, you know, you, you check it on the internet. How do you disable it? And there's like some plug somewhere. <laughs> you just take it off. So he was always doing that, and then like he, uh, he's got a bad habit of never wearing his seatbelt. Oh. We had a, you have a cart that's you know beeps whenever you mm. don't have it on, and so he would, uh, he would just let it beep. And it would drive the whole family <laughs> crazy, especially my mom. And uh, event- I remember at some point he ordered some little piece of plastic no off way. Of eBay. Or, or I don't remember it was eBay, but he ordered it off the internet because he's not the only one. Right, you know? the fake buckle. And, uh, yeah, it's like a fake buckle. So you could just plug it in. And so it's just, it turns off the alarm. And so it's always plugged in. He still didn't have it. It's I mean, that truck that, he drives is really, nobody's going to hurt him, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that one, it's not beeping at you for your seatbelt. It's not beeping twice at and you it's for done. anything. Nah, that one's yeah. going to hurt somebody else. They run into that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I know what you mean. I have, <laughs> we grew up just all of those little things trying to turn them off constantly. Yeah, that's, that's you know, that was one of the things when, because um, I can remember I was driving when, uh, when the whole seatbelt law came in, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just like, I'm not wearing my seatbelt. And I would buckle it behind you, you know, that oh, way yeah. you could like throw the little, the, mm-hmm. you know, the piece over you if you see a cop or something yep, like that. You did yeah. that. 
I had a 73 Impala, so you had two pieces of the seatbelt. You had one that went around your waist, and yeah, one yeah, that went yeah. around your chest had a latch on to the one around your waist. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That yeah. seemed like a lot of trouble that yeah, I was no. going to go through. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just... Uh, <laughs> I say I didn't wear my seatbelt for the longest. I was, you know, kind of rebelling against that, just like bikers rebel against helmets, mm-hmm. which I really don't get mm-hmm. uh, because, like, you could really die, right? I get it, <laughs> but I, I, I get both sides. Yeah, right. Um, but I come up on this wreck one time, and I was coming home from church, and um, there's all these people, and there was this fire, and this these two grandparents pulled out. They just picked their their grandson up. And they pulled out in front of another car. They got T-boned. Mm-hmm. Well, it ran up and hit a uh, a tree, and the whole car bursted in fire and burned them oh, all wow. three of them mm. to, to death. And it was the most uh, disturbing thing that I ever witnessed yeah. because you could hear you could hear the screams of these people yeah. um, trapped wow. in the car. And uh, I was just like, man, that made me start wearing my seatbelt. You know, and then the the parents of the little boy came out and they were watching this fire, man. It was, I just brought the mood all down. That's all right. Let's hey. stay right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, like but it was, just it me. was impactful <laughs> in my life to, for me to start wearing my seatbelt. <laughs> so I don't know why I told that story. <laughs> just, we're, all, we're all holding hands now. <laughs> Somebody liked the incense. We did, yeah. <laughs> we did the lights in Oh, no, man. I get the motorcycle not wearing the helmet thing because, like, part of the allure to wearing or to ride the motorcycle is like the freedom, just do what I want. I don't care. Like, I get it. But then, of course, it makes way more sense to just wear the helmet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at it, how many times have we hurt ourselves on a regular bicycle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I never I wear crack, a helmet on it. And we never wear helmets. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I'm it, also not going near as fast <laughs> on my <laughs> Exactly, bicycle, but that's what but. I'm saying. If you hurt yourself not even going as fast. Yeah. Speaking of motorcycles, do you have, do you have recurring dreams? Not in a while. I did I went through a phase when I was younger. Yeah. I have the same reoccurring dream for I had I have two of them actually for twenty 30 years. Wow. I have one that, uh, when I was a kid, we had water beds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I started having this dream that I was in this big giant warehouse and the whole warehouse was full of like a water bed mattress. <laughs> but you, there was like walkways around the edge of it. And so I'm walking around the edge of it and you're just waiting the whole time for this thing to burst and just like, yeah. you know, oh, nah. um, and so I had that dream, and then I that's also, the end of the dream. That was just that's the dream. Like I've had it for thirty years, probably twenty, thirty years, and uh, so I'm just like fr- afraid that this thing is going to yeah, pop. Yeah, you're you just know? yeah, you're living life thinking like it's about to end any <laughs> yeah. second. It's all going to come. And oh, then my other one oh is gosh. that I I own three motorcycles, but I only can always find two of them. Oh wow! It's like the one I want to ride is never there. I'm just, and then I'm always confused. Like, where's some other motorcycle? I've never owned any motorcycles ever. <laughs> I love that these are like your nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> he's, I mean, he's got so many motorcycles he can't find the one he wants. He wants he's, he's got the world's largest waterbed. <laughs> he's just is like afraid it's not. Gonna but last. I think it's the the whole like waterbed came from. I watched. 
I think we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it or we were somewhere else, but uh, we talked about watching scary movies or something. Mm-hmm. Friday. Well, um, wasn't there a Freddy. scary? Was it Freddy that like popped up under the waterbed or whatever? It I, was. Um, it was. Yeah, it was Nightmare on M Street. The that first was the one, one right? with um, Johnny Depp. Okay, that's the one. They put him up inside the the waterbed, and then the waterbed just exploded. Yeah, see, <laughs> when I was a kid, I've uh-huh. only I only watched that one scene. Like I've never seen a full movie of any. Like scary movie, yeah, never, oh, just wow. and um, just never like, like still. You've never seen a full one, and it, yeah, still like it, it just doesn't. My spirit and it don't just line up, so I just can't watch it. It just uh-huh. just don't feel right. Um, not to say that I'm, it's no. not that's like a super spiritual deal, you know what I'm saying? But uh-huh. it's just like just don't feel right to me, so I just don't watch them. But I did see that scene, mm. and I think that I, I seen that scene because I was told. Um, as a kid, there was like a naked girl or something in uh-huh. there too. So I went to see the naked girl. <laughs> She's in the water. Bed. She was in the water yeah, bed, right? She was. And uh, so I, I tuned in just to see that. And then now for the next 30 years, uh, I'm so dreaming about that's this. That's what you get. That's what I get. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm get. telling you. I can't get into scary movies either though. Yeah. Because my thing is most of them are not good. Like the plot's horrible. The acting's probably not that good. It's just a lot of like suspenseful noise. It's like and then it's like that uh, commercial where they're like, "Let's go!" The car's running, and then they hide yeah, 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 yeah. with all the chainsaws. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's most of them. Not all of them, but that's most of them. So most of them aren't that good. And then if they are good, I don't like being scared. Yeah. So it's just like, what am I doing? <laughs> so occasionally, I'll still see one like once every few years for whatever random. I'll be with a bunch of people that want to see it. But I've watched them. Generally, I'm not going to watch them. I can yeah. watch scary movies. I mean, but it's, I don't pick and say, oh, I'm going to go watch this movie. I'm not too much of a movie person. But growing up, the only movie that really scared me, even to this day, I'm not going to say it scares me. I just don't want to watch it because mm-hmm. I know how real it can be. Mm-hmm. Was The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah my and parents, all those ones. Are- yeah, yeah, I've my, seen clips of that one, too. My parents showed me that movie when I was Five, six years old. Mm-hmm. Five. Never, <laughs> never again. Like, dang, man, your parents were mean. Man, yeah, they, they <laughs> I was, was watching like Winnie the Pooh, yeah. and your parents were like, "You should come hey, watch the come watch this." Well, it's because we, really we did a family night. It was a family <laughs> night. I wanted to do a family night. <laughs> there with the dog watching uh, the exorcist. What's well, well, <laughs> What happened was that I, I had told him, "Look, let, let's let's watch some movies," uh-huh. and my dad was like, "All right, let's. That's cool." We rented some movies. Your dad punched and, you, man. <laughs> well, it was getting late, and I was like, man, we ain't finna watch these movies yet. What's going on? Well, sure enough, they're like, all right, come on out. I come out. Next thing I'm looking at it, and they're like, but you have to sit here. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So I sat you sure there. you weren't in trouble or something? And they might as well have just locked you up in the closet for a couple days. Uh, hey, oh, they used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the only part the that tripped me out, like, that same night, I had a dream because in the movie, her head spins. Oh yeah, her head spins mm-hmm. around. She's throwing up on everybody. Yeah, so that's the classic. They tell scene. me mm-hmm. go to sleep now. Right after the movie, <laughs> go to sleep. Okay, I can't even sleep, but we gonna try it. I went to sleep. All I remember was just having a dream where I can see her sitting on my dresser with her head spinning oh, and she's Lord. laughing. Mm-hmm. Never, uh-huh. never, never watched it ever since then. People yeah. watch it. And I'm like, oh, you watch Exorcist? Right, I'm gonna I'm leave. I'm out. Yes, I'm out. Crazy. I'm gone. Any I'm, of those uh, demon possessed anything? Yeah, it's um, tough. 
I remember in in the youth group, and I was uh, in the youth group. We watched Arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that. And then uh, I don't even remember whose house we was at. I feel like it was almost like Brian Bennett or or somebody's house, and they had a pet raccoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, and it would just run around the house. Wait, 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 wait. They had a pet raccoon? A Sorry, pet. we just brushed over that. They had a pet raccoon. A pet raccoon. Like, it would just run around the house just like, like a dog or a cat. Okay. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, and it would, like, <laughs> we're watching okay. this arachnophobia, and, and it's about spiders and yeah. different things like that. Well, the, the raccoon would just, it liked to play, so it would, like, get under the couch. <laughs> oh. And then it would, like, with its, like, paw, it would just, like, like swipe at you, so you're right in the middle of this tense, you know, scene, and this raccoon just like ah. What trailer park were y'all at? Where were you? How did y'all even have a TV where you guys were at? Why does that have to be a trailer park? Because he had a pet raccoon. Dude. That's like I think it was a trailer park. For sure, that was. That be, you oh, know that that raccoon just started showing up at the house, and they're like, well, can we keep it? Uh-huh. <laughs> like it was a stray dog or something. It's like, no, it lives here. It's, and they just brought it in the house. If they probably moved in, and the raccoon was already there. <laughs> the raccoon lived there first. It's a gently used trailer they got a good deal on. Oh, man. All right, that's cool, man. That was part of the contract. Yeah. <laughs> Must Said it like it was normal. You've been playing <laughs> patty cake with the raccoons, like everybody's doing that. <laughs> like, what? people hunt those and eat them. Oh, you know, know, yeah. yeah. I, uh, this, uh, this guy that used to live in Jacinto City around the corner from us, he, like, he had lots of raccoons. I don't even know why to this day why he had so many raccoons, but they were in cages mm-hmm. and they were mean. Yeah. I, uh, I was. Feeding it like one time, like uh, a piece of my popsicle. Like I had popsicle and I was like feeding it, and the thing reached through and grabbed the whole popsicle and just like, uh, give me that. Yeah, just like straight up punk me, and I cried all the way home. Such a white trash uh-huh. story. Like, play with the raccoon popsicle. He took just, my popsicle. Yeah, you don't see that in the hood, do you? Mommy, the raccoon nah. took my popsicle. Like, I remember, man. I guess we moved from Jacinta City in um, in uh, third grade, and in third grade, mm-hmm. my parents would let me go two blocks anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, that back in the day was yeah, like, two it blocks. Was, it was yeah. no big deal, except one way because that was the main street. That was Mercury, mm-hmm. right? So running that, and I remember one time, but Mercury had on uh, they had the penny candies. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the like the mom and pop grocery yeah, store over yeah. there that you could trade in your bottles and stuff. Uh-huh. I remember, that. remember. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're I talking about. There's that. a gas station right outside our neighborhood. We used to ride our bikes. Yeah. To get and then the other one was a 7-Eleven. So it was just like commercialized, you know, chain. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. it just wasn't cool like Granny's was. Yeah. yeah. And so I would sneak <laughs> over there to Granny's and go get me some penny candies and hang out and talk to the old man. I used to love talking to old people back in the day. And uh, I remember one time I was riding my bike and uh, I... Darted right across Mercury Street and got hit by a car. Bam! And Did the you car- have your seatbelt on your helmet on? <laughs> yeah, you didn't have <laughs> They didn't have helmets for bikes back then. <laughs> that car hit me hard, man. And it, I didn't never fell off, but it like skidded my bike like 10 feet on the front of you the bumper. You stayed on? Yes, the whole time. And then as soon as the car stopped... I just kept pedaling because I knew if I was yeah, gonna like yeah. if I was gonna get in trouble if I uh-huh. got caught over there. So yeah. I, 
that lady must have freaked out because I took off and she was like following me trying to see if I was okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like dipping through like houses. Like, I'm fine, Stranger danger. Yeah, dude, I have the, a lot of people have that mentality. Like they got so messed up in their childhood because they would always get in trouble for everything mm-hmm. where it's like you'd have a real dangerous situation happen yeah. and you're not even worried about the danger you're just yeah. like oh my mom's gonna get me yeah like i remember when i was like 16 or 17 i was i had that little ford ranger and i was driving in the rain to go to the movies hmm. with some friends but it was like it was raining hard and i have really bad tires on that truck and i knew i had really bad tires and it, they were so bad that pretty much any time it would rain if i hit the smallest little puddle i would hydroplane Ooh, wow. but like i knew and so you i would kind of I'd be driving, I'd see ahead, and I would be like, okay, I'm going to slide up here, <laughs> so I, and it was, so I just drive real careful, because I was too cheap to go buy new tires, because I just, that was Because you're innocent. Yeah, because that's me, you know, 16 yeah. or whatever, so, so anyway, so I knew, so I was driving real careful, right, I'm going like 50 on the freeway, because it was storming hard, and I'm in the right lane, you know, everybody's going real slow, and we go around this turn, and, uh. The, I'm, I'm turning slightly with the turn, and then the road starts to straighten out again. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to straighten out, and I realize my truck's still turning. And I'm like, uh, and I'm going, oh no, I'm sliding. And I realized there was nothing like, and I was going like 50, right? So slow for the freeway, but pretty fast to be doing a, a 360. Yeah. And so I start spinning. So anyway, I, I realized like I'm going to have to just go in a circle because <laughs> like there was no getting it back straight again. Yeah. So anyway, I end up doing a 360 on the freeway, and I'm sliding, and I somehow don't hit anything. I barely touch the rail with my back left bumper, puts just a tiny little dent, and then I straighten out after I do a spin, and I'm straight facing an exit that just happened to be there. So I just went off the exit instead of trying to like whip back the other way and get on. So I get off the exit, and right at the end of the exit is a light, and I was just sitting there at the rain. I was like what just happened <laughs> but the whole time i was spinning in the freeway i was going oh i can't hit anything because if i hit something and make some damage my parents are gonna get so mad at me like i was spinning out in the freeway <laughs> mm-hmm. and i wasn't i wasn't get. scared about being hurt at all i was scared that i was gonna cause some damage to the truck and i was oh, gonna get grounded or something yeah, yeah, yeah. which is so stupid yeah but that's how like a lot of people are they're just Getting hit by cars. Like, oh, no, what if my mom finds out? I almost got away with that one. You know when the bruises turn from, like, that, that dark color to they start to get, like, like lighter and green Greener. and stuff like that? Mm. Well, I had one, like, from my hip all the way down to one. my ankle. <laughs> and uh, I was, like, I would hide it, and you know. And I was still young. I was, like, in second or third grade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your mom still, she'd check up on you when you're in the bathtub and stuff at that age. And um, I hit it until, like, she finally seen it. And I was mm-hmm. just like, "Dang it!" And then you have, you know, you have the choice at that point. Like, are you going to really tell what her bruise? What? I don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> and of course, I did the the right thing. I didn't tell her. Yeah, yeah, I not. made up some kind of crazy lie. Yeah, I sure did. What, did, what was the I lie? fell off my bike. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. 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 You I, fell. Did, I didn't get hit by a car. Uh-uh. As a matter of fact, I told her the story about five years ago. And she was like, oh, my gosh, David. <laughs> I said, you just only knew half the things. <laughs> a lot of bruises I hit for you. Uh, all right. Well, let's jump right into Culture Corner. Go ahead, Jimmy. Go for it. Bust, yeah, bust the flow. Yeah. All the guests have to rap. Give me, give me a present. <laughs> there it is. He's coming. Uh, 
All right. So we talked about Tesla earlier. Tesla is supposed to come out with the Tesla robot here mm. in the next six to eight months. Mm. Wow. Okay. Uh, so the Tesla robot is supposed to be human-like. So it's going to look like us. It's going to be about 5'8", 140 pounds. Uh, and and um, Elon Musk wants to build this robot to be built by humans to live in a human world. Right. Okay. And uh, so he's really thinking about how, you know, all we see as robots is like the movies like iRobot and different things like this where the, mm-hmm. the robots get smarter than the humans and they take over, take over the mm-hmm. world. Well, he's trying to figure out a way to do it where they can't do that. Uh, so he's he's building them to like only be able to lift up like 100, 150 pounds or something like that and only able to like walk or run like five miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can like, you know, outrun it. Or you beat know, it up. A beat it up or whatever. <laughs> oh no, 150. That's you That's can lot. lift up kids. Yeah, you can lift up kids. You lift me up. I'm a light dude. I'm small. Yeah, you could pick me up. But you know, if your daddy had to take control, he could. Yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying. And uh, so the reason for the robot is to do like dangerous, uh, like jobs, maybe like uh, bomb squad and stuff yeah. like that. Um, That'd be cool. Uh, and then doing like boring tasks, like uh, you know, repetitive work. You know mm-hmm. that you know, they have to do over and over. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, thousands of times in one day. Uh, but he eventually wants to get it there with um, with his other other project he's working in with Neuralink uh, to be able to be like the the real George Jetson robot. Mm. What was the? Do I remember the? I know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name. Um, the, it was like a butler. Yeah, but she had it was it a girl, right? Then she had the like the maid little thing on or something like that. I, yeah, wasn't there yeah. both? Uh, maybe there wasn't was. there a guy one? At there some was point? a guy one at one point too. Yeah. Um. um so his goal is Maggie. To, Maggie was it? Meg? I don't know. If you told me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Too. Yeah, go ahead and look <laughs> it up. Um. But his goal is to get it where it can uh, do house chores, mm. take care of your elderly p- parents. Nice. Um. And then the ultimate goal was be able to talk to it and then be able to do the things that you tell it to do instead of having to be like a, uh, uh, you know, a, some some program that it runs, mm-hmm. right? So you can go say, hey, you know, like Maggie. Hey Siri. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rosie. Rosie, yeah, that's what it was. That Rosie. Right, yeah. Hey, Rosie, go to the HEB and give me these this grocery list. Mm-hmm. And it's able to go and, and do that. Um, so... I don't know. I think I would get one. <laughs> I bet you would. When's uh, when's he say it's supposed to be ready? The prototype should be ready at the end of this year or next year. For the prototype? For the prototype, yeah. So are they going to have them for people to buy for their house, or are they going to try them out first, like at a grocery store or a restaurant? Because if that's the case, man, you're going to have a lot of crazy people on, on your hands. I don't know. Their I, jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it like taking positions like – you know, mm-hmm. working in food services and stuff yeah. like that, you know, because they already had that one in the UK that mm-hmm. was like going to pick up, you know, trays in the kitchen and bring them yeah. out to tables and stuff like that. Um, <sighs> so I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. What I did see is it's going to be the price of a small car. Okay. But if it lasts 20 years, that's not. 
David's already planting the argument to Sandra mm. right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, if it can cook and clean, I think Sandra's <laughs> going to be in. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I think that would be kind of be kind of cool. The only thing that I have an issue with is they are going to be taking jobs. Yeah. Right? Um, so, But I think as the further and further we get along, like technology is going to be taking those jobs anyways. Uh-huh. Um, well, that is the technology. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what technology yeah. is, right? Keep and a there, spray bottle of water with me. Spray them. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> like a cat. Like a raccoon. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> we all know, like, when you had the raccoon. Um, because there is a, uh, there's a McDonald's, I think it is, in um, China, maybe, mm-hmm. that has, like, two people working in the whole store, and that's one to restock the computers, yeah. and the, the robots and different things are... And then one to work on them. Oh, wow. Um, and then everything else is done, you know, by technology. So what's going to happen when they say, I need to speak to your manager? I no. am the manager. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. would think, like, that you won't have to need, need managers because it won't be wrong. Like, robots only do what they're told to do. Yeah, but it'll be wrong. Yeah. yeah technology, for, technology. It'll be wrong, it's, man. It's not perfect. I mean, even if the tech's right, like, you still have the human element of, like, the people placing their order and stuff. Like, I mean, I'll have all the time people say, hey, I want the chicken enchiladas. And I'll say, sure. And I'll bring them chicken enchiladas. And they'll go, this isn't chicken quesadillas. And I go, of course not. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah, in their head, you know what I mean? Because I always So forget. if I'm a robot, what happens then? They say, but you ordered the chicken enchiladas. And, and they're right. <laughs> what, ha- <laughs> what happens? Are we going to have to... Turn them off to reboot them or something like it. Like, kind of like we did I'm before. Just saying, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. they glitch and uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting though. That's it's going to be interesting. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that uh, this stuff is coming faster than we what think. Anybody thinks, you know, and it's not linear. Uh, you know, this yeah. is, this is the technology is like it goes faster. You know, the, the next ten years from the first ten, mm-hmm. it's going to improve so mm-hmm. much more. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be interesting. Robots are coming. Yeah, and they in uh, Elon Musk said that they're their number one. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, basically, robot company in the world right now, because uh, he's saying that their Teslas are basically robots yeah. on wheels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird on the self driving stuff on the Tesla. Yeah, very weird. Like you, you want to. You're like going over like a, a bridge and a curve, and it's just, it goes. How it, much do you let it drive? I like to let it drive as much as possible. Yep. Sandra can't. Like, if we're going over a bridge and a curve or whatever, she's like, put your hands on the wheel. Put your hands on the wheel. <laughs> then I was telling you, you know, when we first got on the way home, I was just like, let's see how fast this thing can go. Yeah. You know, why not? It's brand new. This is the perfect time. Brand new tires, brand new everything, you know? It's the safest it's ever going to be. Yeah, yeah, so I got up to 120. She's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, slow down, slow down. No, was in the back. 120, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was just like, why are you doing 120? You're I said, because car. she won't let me do 130. Yeah. <laughs> the car's doing it on itself. It's yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it self-driving at 120. I, I actually had my hands on the wheel, but... Uh, you know what's cool? One cool, one cool feature. You know the, um, oh, what is it? When you just push it and it keeps that speed? Cruise control. Cruise yeah. control. So cruise control was really cool because cruise control, now you put, you know, set it at 60. Mm-hmm. It's going to go 60. It doesn't care if there's a car in yeah. front of you or not. Yeah. Right? Well, this one, you just set max speed. 
So you want max speed 75, it'll stay whatever it is. But if there's a car in front of you, it'll slow down. And then if that car gets up, then it'll, it'll catch up on its own. It'll catch oh, up on cool. it. Yeah. Because you know how many times you're on a trip, you have to yeah. turn it off and then turn it back on. Mm-hmm. And, and it, no, this is just, it just goes. That that That's kind of probably the nicest feature that I've I found on that's it so nice. far. I like that a lot. I like yeah. the sound of that. Yeah. And then yesterday we went and ate and then Luke had this, uh, we had like the, the city pep rally because we're still in kind of a small town. The city pep rally, to, you know, to, for the whole starting of the school year and all mm. that, introducing all the different things. So we got there like 45 minutes early after we ate, and we just kicked back and watched the movie because uh-huh. it has, the, you know, there's no controls and it's just like an iPad looking deal. So yeah, we're just tight. watching a Shark Tank, you know, for, for 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> You didn't make him watch The Exorcist? Nah, we didn't. I, 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 I didn't put no one in the seatbelt. Like, you gonna watch you this? You gotta watch this now. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun at Don't the be rally. like my parents. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, James? All right. I got one. It's about a bear. Okay. Not surprising. Uh-huh. It's yep. a bear. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, a, uh, it's a bear from Turkey. Did so it live in the trailer? No, no, no. <laughs> Although, I don't know. These people in these pictures, they probably live in. Um... Okay, so here's the oh, headline man. of the. Wow. So I'll, I'll just tell you the they story. Have all their teeth. Say, man. <laughs> so it's a it's this brown bear cub. So it's a baby bear, and it's in Turkey, and um, so apparently in Turkey they have this honey that they make that's called uh, what? It, it's nicknamed Mad Honey. Mad Honey. I'm I'm, try, I'm not seeing the rare From whatever the killer bees. Anyway, it's honey that they have hallucinogens in the Whoa. honey. And uh, I don't know what they use it for, other than I guess to just trip when Hello. they feel like it. They live in the trailer park, <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> with the bear. But so these bears are like roaming through this little town, and he sees some honey, and he eats the whole jar of honey, oh, and uh, tripping. Yeah, so exactly. So he, apparently, when they do actually take this honey, they're supposed to take like a little teaspoon or something. But this bear, you know, ate the whole jar of honey because why wouldn't? Why would you? For real. And uh, so then the uh, <laughs> all the people in the town they start seeing this bear. It's laying around, and they took videos of it. I'll show you guys a picture. He uh, very much looks like he has oh, something. Yeah, uh, something going on. He's like, "What up, girl? Just <laughs> get over here." Out of its mind, roaming around, laying around. What are he's thinking? Yeah, he's probably I don't know. Hey, I would love. Hey, yeah, just, hey, hey, I would love to see what that bear is doing. And uh, anyway, they. What's uh, he at? Is he in the back of an old pickup truck? truck? Yeah, it's in Turkey, dude. They're just they well because they end up they had to rescue the bear because it's just it's out of its mind. It had so much, oh, so they had wow. to take the bear, put it in some captivity for I think for like a week or two. They put him in uh, that, the mental institution that, yeah, until he got cleared. <laughs> he went to rehab, uh-huh. and then eventually, <laughs> eventually they. Uh, let it back out, but he was the talk of the town for a while. See, here's a picture of it in captivity. Oh, he's uh, good there, recovering. Why, why does that bear look so skinny? They got skinny because bears it's over from there. Turkey, so they're different. They're, yeah. It's not like an Alaskan grizzly bear. Also, this is just a cub. It's a small little. Yeah. You See, know, even in America, the bears are big. They're big out here. Well, even just in like the difference between like an Alaskan grizzly bear and like a Colorado grizzly bear, yeah, they're different. totally, totally different. different. It's so much bigger. Everything's bigger in Texas. Everything's bigger in Alaska. Yeah. My Somebody- question is with that bear is I'm just speaking because I've known people that have taken hallucinate stuff. I've mm-hmm. taken them myself, mm-hmm. but I've known people that have taken more than what they're supposed to. 
and they've been sober from it for over 20 some years mm-hmm. but i have a buddy that took acid back in the and, 70s or something well, this was back like in the 90s he took acid like in the 80s or he 90s thinks we're like yeah. he thinks we're like 100 yeah back in the 40s and the 18 <laughs> The During the Great 90s. Depression. Yeah, was this, was this before or after the war? <laughs> but the dude still has, he still hallucinates. Yeah, I know. He I know. sees traces, like, mm-hmm. and he hasn't taken it in years, but his mm-hmm. brain is just fried to where yeah. he sees traces. You rub your, you move your hand, and he sees mm-hmm. the effect of your whole hand moving. Like, yeah, I used to know this guy that he was the same way. He has to take medicine to keep him, like, here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That makes sense. This bear is probably going to be messed up because he had a lot of honey. A lot of honey. What if he? What if he like? Oh, he'll eat honey again. I don't know. He, like, he'll probably either never eat it again or only want only honey. Want all he's he's going to be like them crackheads just out there looking for yeah. it all the time. <laughs> you seen? You seen those monkeys who like to get drunk? Yeah. You seen those uh-huh. ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just drink beer all the time. Wow, it's a thing. Wow. They'll like rob villages and steal their alcohol. It's it like, not even, it's, it's a real like that, thing. So like that one Cambodia kid, he was just like, he was like eight and he was like 200 pounds and he would just smoke cigarettes all day long. Oh, wow. Y'all remember him? No, I, remember I ain't him. never seen Yeah, him. he went like viral on, on YouTube. <laughs> so bad. And it, it was like to the point where like people would come through the town just to see him sit there and smoke cigarettes. Take a photo with him. And he, all day he would just light one off for another. And uh, it was like a tourist deal. Wow. Yeah, he was probably making 20 bucks a photo or yeah. something. Well, his parents were. Yeah. And he was so overweight, man. And he would just, like, sit there and smoke cigarettes all day. And then, like, uh, wow. the the UN, United Nations, got involved and, like, went and got him because he would, like, freak out if you took his cigarettes away from him. Mm. Uh, Nicotine got yeah, hooked on got, it. got hooked on it. So they went and got him. And, and supposedly, mm-hmm. I haven't seen this, uh, the update, but supposedly they went and got him to try to him off the nicotine sounds like he's dead mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like that's Overweight probably how that story is and smoking sorry yeah. guy from yeah i'm gonna have to look it up we'll, get, we'll give you a, a report on him yeah I, it doesn't the outlook doesn't look good yeah. from that no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let's, let's not bring the podcast back now <laughs> i like being, i like being in this place um, anyway that's my story man you gotta look out you gotta look well, out hey, watch the, the honey watch the mm-hmm. honey watch hey the my honey. sister gave me some honey the other day you yep. know they got on them bees yep. all them bees up in the country mm-hmm. yeah it's a thing they collected a bunch of honey from them uh like a week or so ago really and it's good honey i made a i made a latte, honey latte. just a little bit of hazelnut and some of their fresh local organic honey mm-hmm. and uh it was a nice latte so who has the who has the uh the bees Eric and Rayanne. They got oh, really? Because they got a little land up Right. In, I didn't know they had bees on their land. Yeah. Well, I think it's on their land. Or, yeah. the the or it might be on one of Eric's uh, relatives or something. I don't remember. So but they got bees. There's bees. Yeah, Eric came to church the other day, and he had he was like collecting honey and stuff, and the bees got all in his gloves and got in. Because, you know, you wear the suit or whatever, but right. some, they, they slip through the cracks or whatever, and so his hands are all swollen. He... Yeah, had all the bees, you know. But the honey was good, so... It was worth it I to mean, us. It, it was. Yeah. I didn't get a single bee sting out of it, but it I had a nice latte, you. and I got lots of honey left. Make some tea and stuff with it. It's going to be good. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. That's cool. That's good. Uh, shout out to uh, Miranda and... Um, um, what? Yeah, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know I'm not good on the spot. 
Uh, Austin. 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 <laughs> I'm over here. An A, an A. Austin. I'm sorry, Austin. You know I love you, brother. Um, we talked about them on a couple podcasts ago, and they were like, hey, we listen. We're still out here listening. Mm-hmm. So uh, they still listen out there from oh, Centerville, yeah. Texas, mm-hmm. bringing the Refuge Project to the country. Come on. To the country. So we love them, guys. All right, I got a song for you guys today. Andrew Rip, Fill My Cup. I've been walking to a city I cannot see Through the depths of the valley where the sun can't reach Yeah, I've been high, I've been low I've been looking for the river that can fill my soul I've been walking to a city I cannot see Yeah, fill my cup up Andrew Rip, fill my cup, Lord. That's good. We should all be living out of overflow. Um, if we're not living out of overflow, then um, we're not able to help others. And uh, I think that's a, a cool way to just really uh, kind of slide into the next part uh, of the podcast. That's why we brought Brother Jimmy over here. Mm-hmm. Um, Brother Jimmy inspires me, man, and I tell him all the time, and I, and I hope he realized that uh, I mean it. Uh, but I hear him on, on the phone in there calling other brothers in Christ and holding them accountable, and and um, he's never never sitting back waiting for things to get done. He's always on the front line at making things happen and and really just trying to impact the community as as best that he can uh, with with a, a little that he has. And I think that a lot of people uh, in ministry these days they want the, these big giant productions and they need all this money to do uh the outreach they want to to have the 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 lights and the big sounds and the different things like that Mm -hmm. and and um brother jimmy knows how to to take what he has and and unite people that he has in his in his community and come together and go out and and, uh minister to people not only the people on the streets but uh just a couple weeks ago we had a, a back to school thing here at the uh the church and uh man i wanted to be there so bad i had a emergency i had a water pipe break in my house you're gonna say water beds uh so i wasn't able to make it but um but uh you know the church bought bought him some backpacks but i wasn't good enough he he just gathered the people in the community and and people started donating school supplies and and uh and then he got um 
another group that was giving free haircuts and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff and fed him food and just just everything that he could do. So I wanted to bring bring him in and, and talk about it a little bit. Um, so where did you come up with the idea? Or is this something you've been doing and we're just bringing it here? It's something that we've been doing. The, the ministry, we've been doing the back-to-school outreach for... This is our sixth year doing it. Oh, wow. This is the first year that we're doing it at the church. Other than that, I, I'm i from the streets. I grew up in these streets. I know what it's like not to have nothing. I know what it's like for people to bring you down. When you're already down, I know what it's like for them to kick you. And I just like going back to the neighborhoods that basically people don't want to go to. The pe- the neighborhoods where people are afraid or they think something bad's going to happen. Those are the neighborhoods I go to. So we usually do them in parks or Go to a neighborhood, and we just do what we do out there. We just glorify God and bring him Jesus. That's it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I thought was just really awesome is just like last week you were showing me the pictures and stuff that uh, that were taken. Um, how many backpacks did we give, give away? 184 backpacks with school supplies. With school supplies. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and that's just what I mean. Our community right here around the church, you know, we're trying to help. Uh, impact you know the, the streets right here around our church uh, in the community and uh, I think we had like what 40 50 haircuts that we we did yeah it was 45 haircuts 45 haircuts it wasn't even it wasn't even just kids that were getting it we had parents that were getting haircuts yeah. that it was it's like I told pastor I was like man I showed him the picture of a little girl and I was like look everything is for that smile mm-hmm. I mean in the front of the church, we have all these windows. I was watching kids as they were coming out, looking at their reflection in the mirror, mm. in the windows and everything. They're like, man, looking at themselves like yeah. like they're happy. And for me, that's what it's about. It, it's, it's about making them happy, pointing them to the cross, and let them know not every believer in Christ, not every Christian is what they expect. Cause Christians, we get a. Some of us get a bad name. They expect us to wear a suit and tie. They expect us to, you know, to speak a certain way. If y'all could see me, man, I'm none of that. Yeah. I'm tatted up. I got tattoos on my neck, all the way down to my feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm. You could see me when you look at me. You're gonna see hood. You're gonna see streets. Cause. That's what I am. I mean, that's what I was. I was street, you know. And I think a lot of times when 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 we come from a certain place, um, and I'm I'm guilty of it somewhat, uh, that you try to be something that that you don't want to be before, right? Yeah. And then I think that, it, that it's it's good to really turn from some of that stuff, but at the same time, man, like for you people can look at you and go, oh, yeah, I can do this and I can look like this. Uh, And it gives them hope, you know, to be able to uh, come to church uh, with tattoos and come to church with, you know, uh, Houston tattooed on the side of their head or whatever it may be and still experience God in a real way. Yeah, I mean, God doesn't look at what you, he doesn't look at your tattoos. He doesn't look at what race you are. He doesn't look at none of that. All God really wants is your heart. Yeah. And if you have a heart that you're willing to give to God, God's willing to, he's willing to accept you just the way you are. And I let people know, like, 
you don't have to be perfect. If you're trying to be perfect before you come to church, before you come to Christ, you're already messing it up because you ain't never going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, it's like when I used to sell dope out there in the streets. I used to tell people, I got this, I got that. Oh, well, so-and-so has this too. I'm like, yeah, but I got that good. Like, don't don't knock it till you try it. And I basically give them the same thing. And I tell them, look, man, come to church. Oh, well, I got to be this. I got, man, look, hey, don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. And I tell a lot of guys that I grew up with, man, look, give the church six months. Give God six months. I'm not telling you to get involved with everything. Come on a Wednesday service. Come on a Sunday service. Just do that and let God work upon you. Within six months, I promise you, no one's going to have to tell you, hey, I want you to come and help me. You're going to be getting involved. You're going to be like, oh, well, I'm interested in that. What do I got to do? Who do I got to talk to? What do you need me to do? When you start doing it for self, it's it's better. Because when you're doing it to please everybody else, because I know people that, when I first came to church, it was, I'm going to do this because I want to do it for my wife. I want to do it for my kids. It really wasn't for me. Yeah. And it wasn't working out the way I wanted it to, or at least the way I expected it to. But when I got tired and I just, I'm not going to do it for my wife. I'm not going to do it for my kids. I'm going to do it for me because I need to do it. And by my kids and my wife seeing me do it, it's going to be that ripple effect. It's right. going to go down to them. And they're going to wonder why dad is doing this now. Yeah. Why does he want to go to church? Why does he want to speak to God? And that's going to get them pulled up into where eventually, on God's timing, they will be where God needs them to be. That's right. I mean, that's why the Bible says that as men that we have to be the head of our household, right? Yeah. And it's not to bark orders down and and stand over our wives and and, and give them orders, um, but it's to lead. You yeah. know, we have to lead. Talk to me about little Jimmy. When, when little Jimmy was... Uh, Growing up, you know, and you didn't you didn't have that the church in your neighborhood to give you a backpack and a haircut. Talk about you know the confidence that you would have had more, you know, if you was able to get that fresh cut and some new shoes and and you know, I mean, a backpack yeah. and, and go to school. Uh, other than you know, what you was telling me one time that you, y'all couldn't afford a haircut, so your dad would mm-hmm. just shave your head. Yeah, mm-hmm. get my head shaved. If not, I mean. I grew up on the south southeast side of Houston. Like it was, it was a rough area. Every city has has rough areas, and every neighborhood is a rough neighborhood. You know, depending on how you handle it. But all the shoes that I had, it was either from Kmart because my mom worked at Kmart, mm-hmm. yeah. or if not, so you could get them shacks back in the day. At yeah, Kmart. you could get them yeah. shacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Converse. Yeah, back in the days. Converse weren't as expensive as expensive as they are now. We yeah. get them twenty seven bucks, twenty seven, mm-hmm. and that, that was a, a lot of money for a shoe back in the day. Yeah, well, I mean, for us at least back in the days at Wieners, oh, you get them man, from Wieners that, that for was ten my bucks, store, bro. <laughs> Wieners is my store, oh, bro. Man. You would get them from Wieners for ten bucks yeah. for a pair of Converse. Now they're like forty, fifty something, sixty yeah, something. Converse bucks. is ridiculous. Now. Yeah, so I mean, I know what it's like not having. I know what it's like. When people are picking on you because you can't afford the new clothes, the new shoes, you can't afford a haircut. I know what it's like and it makes you feel worthless because I know what it pushed me to do. Knowing that I grew up where our family was poor, we couldn't afford things. I pushed myself to buy them, so I sold dope. Mm. I did a lot of stuff so I could be part of the cool crowd. Yeah. 
to where no one's going to pick on me. You know, it was like, all right, let's do this. I'm going to sell dope and I'm going to get my money. I mean, the first expensive pair of shoes that I bought myself, I must have been 11 years old. Mm. I bought it off of dope money. Yeah. Wow. I bought me a pair of Jordans. And then after that, it was like my little sister was like, oh, you got J's? I said, I got you too, sis. Don't worry about it. Went and bought her shoes. Yeah. So from the age of 11, I was taking care of my little sister, just buying her, her school supplies, all, everything she needed, I was buying it. Right. And to, and, the, and at that point, like, conf- <coughs> for you, the confidence was coming from the streets. Yeah. You know, so we have the ability to take that confidence and, and show that confidence coming from Christ when you when bring these kids in and give them the haircuts. And, and I've seen some of those pictures. Those kids had, they were showing that grill, from, you know, from cheek to cheek. Yep. And they, had, they, <laughs> was, they was just so proud to have that fresh haircut. You know, I can remember going to school and, uh, we didn't have a lot. I remember mowing the mowing grass all summer long to buy me a pair of Nike flights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, mm-hmm. I thought that I was the coolest kid, you know, even though that there was plenty of other kids in, in my, my school that had nicer things than me. Uh, but, man, just having that fresh pair of kicks on and a fresh haircut, I thought I was, you know, I was the coolest cat in, in, in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, just having that little bit of extra confidence when, uh, the whole, you know, the whole world feels like it's coming in around you, and just kind of putting that smile on your face and giving you a, a, a kick, you know, kickstart to go to school. Yeah, it's that self-esteem, like you're gonna react the way you carry yourself. So if, that's why I tell my son all the time: I don't care what anybody says, I don't care what anybody does. I need you to be you. Don't follow this crowd because you want to be cool. They ain't got nothing to do with anything. I know what it's like following a cool crowd, and then at the end of the day, it's like, where, where are these people at now? You're empty. Yeah, you're looking for them. Yeah. And it's, I learned that people start hanging around with people because they want to get something from them. It benefits them for certain things. Well, that's good. And it's like I tell my son, look, be you. Be the kid that God's called you to be. If you have friends that are already at that age where they're like, oh, I'm a teenager now. I'm going to start talking to girls. If that's not your thing, don't do it. Yeah. Like, don't don't get peer pressured into doing something that you're not ready to do because even with that, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. I mean, you get pressured to doing this. It's, it's like when my dad, everybody tells me, like, bro, like, you got a lot of kids. Yeah, I do got a lot of kids. You yeah, know? me and too. I, but I mean, the main reason be. why, like one thing that pushed me to start looking for for girls or for women was because of my dad. Mm. My dad, he's old school Mexican. You know, it's like I'm, I'm a man and that's it, you know, and it just happened one day. He's drinking with my uncles and his buddies. And they start, oh, well, does Jimmy have a girlfriend? I'm like, man, I ain't got time for girls. Like, I see the drama. Mm-hmm. But then I hear my dad telling me, oh, you're gay, you're this, you're that. And then his buddies and my uncle start getting involved. And I'm like, hold up, like, I'm not. Right. So I felt I had to prove to them I'm not what they're telling me I am. Mm-hmm. And it's just I started sleeping around. I started, man, first time I had sex, I was 13. Wow. And after that, it was a wrap. And I think that goes on like more than just you know <coughs> sexual type stuff. You know yeah. when 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 people are around you are telling you certain things, 
uh, like you said, you try to prove them wrong. I, I tell my kids, you know, Luke, and Luke gets a lot of stuff from, you know, family members. Man, you you know, you're a junior in high school and you ain't got a girlfriend yet. You know, I sat down Luke when he was, he's going into high school. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, why do you date girls? Mm-hmm. The reason I dated, you know, is mm-hmm. because peer pressure. But the only reason you really need a date is to have a wife. Yeah. Like, all the other stuff, like, if all they all it's doing is costing you money and costing you time. You could be hanging with your boys and all the mm-hmm. other things. If you ain't ready to get married, let's not date. Exactly. Like, go out there and have fun and, and do the things that you want to do because there's going to be time in your life where you're <laughs> going to be locked down, you're going to have a family, you're going to have a kids. That's for that time. Yeah. You know, the time now was for you to go out there and experience life. Get outside your neighborhood. See what the world is about, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, not only that, it's... You put yourself in a position where you start having feelings for someone that's not serious as you are. And at the end, who's the one getting hurt? Yeah. And it's everything. Everything's a snowball effect. Everything is. I mean, you get hurt out of a, off a relationship. You find out oh, she doesn't feel about me the same way I feel about her. You start trying to prove to her like, oh, you need to love me. Yeah. I love you because of this. Why don't you love me because of that? And then that's when things start getting crazy where it's, well, I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Well, I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna pop these pills. I'm. That's that's just it's too much. Well, you know that's that's one of the reasons I left the church is because I had a high school sweetheart and we had plans to get married and have kids and all these things. And man, I'm in 10, 11 grade. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I had no business to thinking about what I was going to do after college. Yeah, you know. And here I am talking about that, you know, she's buying baby bottles and putting names on them and stuff, you know, just like stupid stuff. <laughs> she know you grew up playing with raccoons? <laughs> you know on a waterbed? And, and then when it all went down, I'm over here blaming God. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, You're well, like God, 16. this is supposed to be, the, yeah. yeah. This is supposed to be the one. And then, well, if that's the kind of God you are, yeah, deuce. You know, exactly. I'm out yeah. and, and over some some childish relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and we always find something else to blame. And then we end up in these crises in our life, you yeah. know, so start struggling, start doing all kinds of stuff. And next thing you know, it is like I tell people because I, I do a Bible study on Thursdays at a Denny's. Um, I tell the guys, why do you sacrifice more than what you have to? And I explain to them. At the end of the day, we're going to have to sacrifice. The word says, deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. It's a daily battle. But we try to prove to God and other people, well, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. And you're sacrificing more than what you have to. And it's like I take I take them in the Bible and I tell them about Jonah. Be obedient. Just listen. God said to go. What he do? He turned around with the opposite way. And now he's having to sacrifice by going through all this other stuff, getting in this belly, then still getting spit out. And it's like, where'd you end up? Bible where you said, needed to be? Bible said he went down the chopper, went down to the side of the uh, mm-hmm. ocean, went down to the bottom of the, the ocean, went down to the, the belly of the well. Boy, kept going down, down. on bad decisions. <laughs> exactly. And it said down. Oh, I think five or six times in that story, yeah. like how he went, kept going down and down. And I'm going to talk about this uh, tomorrow night. Um, and and, and uh, where I'm going to be teaching is uh, Esau and Jacob, right? Mm-hmm. 
Jacob had a calling on his life, right? Yeah. We have callings on our life, but the, the problem is, is when we try to take over the calling, right? When we try to direct the calling on our life instead of letting God direct that calling, we want to just go, hey, I, I need it now. I want to do it now. And we, because we have this, this something, this thing inside of us that, that gives us the, the drive to do it, but who's steering the drive? Exactly. Right? Who's directing that, those things? And if we get in the way, we can't have a God-centered life when we're selfish. Come on. When we're doing things out of our own will. Yeah. It's because that we have a calling, but at the same time, man, we need to pump the brakes a little bit and see when and how fast and where God is pushing us to. And yep. Jacob kept just saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to get there. It doesn't matter if I have to hurt my father. It doesn't matter if I have to hurt my brother. It doesn't matter if I have to hurt any of those things. I'm going to get there on top, hmm. even if God hasn't called me to get there yet. It's, and then we get to a place that we're there and we're not prepared for. Yeah, And that's what I was going to say. It's preparation. A lot of times God gives us a vision or he, we can hear his voice telling us, this is what you're going to do. But a lot of times it doesn't mean right then and there at that split second, go do it. You have to prepare yourself for everything that you do in life. You have to prepare yourself. David, right? In the Bible. Exactly. I mean, that was just this perfect example. You just have to prepare yourself. A lot of times God will give you a vision and you have to prepare for what's about to happen. Like going back to the back to school outreach. This is the first time I'm doing it at the church. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it a different way. So I was like, I, I got all the information for the tax exam, everything else. I go to these stores and they're looking at me like, you go to the church? <laughs> what do you want this stuff for? I mean, I even had a manager tell me like, yeah, this paper, my niece can do it over the computer. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's cool. So I was prepared for whatever was going to happen. I was trying to do it a certain way, but God's like, go back to what you know. So what did I do? I, I wasn't getting it from the stores and everything, so I was like, all right. I'm going to hit up a few people I know, and I'm like, hey, you, I need you to go get some binders. You, I need you to get folders. I need you to get crowns. I need you to get this. Sure enough, everything came through, but we just had to be prepared. I mean, I had to prepare myself to be here all day. We're getting prepared for what? A few months? Yeah. yeah. A few months. And, you know, it was preparation. You have to prepare yourself for whatever's going to happen. The, the word says be ready in season and out of season. You have to prepare. Yeah. And it would have been easy for you to go and then go to a Walmart and they go, here, here's everything that you need. Yeah. You know, and they supply this one-stop shop. They give you a thousand of each of whatever you want, right? But what did that do for the people around you? Nothing. Mm -mm. Because you did with the way you did it and the way it came out is now you're teaching those people to sow into good soil. Yeah. And now they get to see the fruit of that. They get to see those smiles as them, that little girl walked down. They get to see the, that little boy and his mom getting a haircut. Yeah. You know, they get to see that, that fruit. Um, and it's just like giving to you know missionaries. You know, we, we can't all be missionaries, but we can give a little piece every, every month, you yeah. know, invest into that good soil. Um, so it actually works out better that way. Yeah, I mean, with me, it's – I'm not a baller. I ain't got no money like that to where I can just throw out. You know, it's, I live on a budget. I got a big All family. Yeah, yeah, I got a big family that I take care of. But it's, 
And we just got to let God be God. That's what inspired me because I, I, you probably don't even realize this, but I was thinking one day, man, how does Jimmy do all this? You know? So I, I, I would just, I brought him in here and I was just talking and uh, I'm just like, so. So how do, how do you how do you go and like give you know these these packs to the homeless and stuff? Do you, what do you what do you call them? The um, put them on the spot. Yeah, it's the stuff that has like the hygiene packs. Hygiene packs. The hygiene packs. And I'm just like like what do you like? How do you do this? And he was just like, man, we just me and my wife just buy them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh. It's for real. Yeah. This real. is not one of those things. Hey, look at me. I'm going and feeding the homeless. Yeah. And then I'm going, I'm stopping by over to somebody. They give me all this stuff. Like you're invested in, you know, the money that you, a little bit that you have extra. And yeah. maybe sometimes it's not even you have extra. Yeah, you just, I mean, you're sacrificing in other it, places. We, we sacrifice because this is what God wants us to do. At the end of the day, God always provides. He always provides. Even if it's at that last minute, that last second, God always provides. I mean, my whole thing is, yes, the pat on the backs are good. Everybody needs a pat on the back every now and then. But I don't boast about what we do. Like It's like I tell a lot of people, there's a lot of big ministries out here. No one knows of us. But if you go out there to the streets and you speak to the homeless they know. and you speak to the ones, mm-hmm. oh, they know who we are. Yeah, It's like my nephew told me, he's like, bro, he goes, I got locked up like probably like two months ago. Like I got locked up. I got out of county and I was looking for a phone. It was like nobody would let me borrow my phone. He's like, for some reason, he was, I started tripping. Like, why did I yell this? He was, I yelled out God squad. <laughs> He goes, I was frustrated. I couldn't get a phone. He goes, I just yell out God squad. And I was like, why did I say that? He was sure enough. He was four homeless guys came out. And they're like, what you know about God squad? <laughs> oh, well, Jimmy's my uncle, this and that. Okay, well, he's your uncle. We got you. They let him borrow their phones. They broke wow. bread. They were eating. They broke bread with him. Wow. wow. They told him, hey, sit down right here and wait for your ride right here. And he's like, well, why y'all doing this? Like, your uncle does this every month with us. Yeah. He's been doing it for over four years, been doing it. Mm. And like, the same love he gives us is the same love we want to give you. And they're like, but it's not love from him. It's the love of Christ that he's given us. Wow. Yeah. That's why I say I, I reach out to a lot of ministries. I reach out to a lot of churches, and I tell them, look, we're going to do this out here in this neighborhood. Y'all come out. Y'all come out, cause not everybody can make it to my church. Not everybody has a vehicle. Not n- honest truth. Not everybody's meant to come to my church. To me, my church is is the most beautiful place in the world. This is where I get fed at. To other people, they may not like it. Right. So I tell different churches, y'all come out, get involved. We need to plug them into a church. We just I'm, our whole job out there is to point them to the cross. Yeah. It's not to bring them over here and for everybody. Oh look, everybody, I brought these two guys over here. We help them do this. We help. Nah, I, man, glory goes to God. Like doing street ministry, we've, the last six months, we're able to help about eight to 10 military vets get off the street. Wow. You know, we got families that go out there. There's kids that go out there. But nobody sees it because they choose not to be around those areas. Yeah. You know, it's when God told me to start doing ministry. I'm like, God, I, 
can't go out there. Like, man, the women are out there. The drugs are out there. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to fall. But God prepared me. He prepared me, and I told God, okay, you want me to go? Send me to the neighborhoods nobody wants. Send me to people that nobody wants. The places where people want to do 80 and pass up this neighborhood, that's the neighborhoods that I stop at. I get out and I walk. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just really showing them love, and mainly for the kids. For me, I got a big heart for the kids because I don't like, I don't want to see nobody grow up the way I grew up. I don't want to see nobody getting locked up at the age of 13. Right. Looking at 25 to life. Yeah. I don't want nobody doing that. I don't want nobody going through all this drama that I went through because I know how it messed up my head. And I know the things that I was capable of doing when I was living in the world. You know, that's why I tell people, man, the devil knew what he had when he had me. He knew the stuff I was capable of doing. He knew I didn't care. Right. I was willing to do whatever just to prove to everybody, like, oh, I'm the baddest dude around. And it's like I tell people, man, people feared me. And it's not because my height, because I'm telling y'all, man, I'm only 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, mm -hmm. I'm a small dude. But the level I was willing to go to, a lot of people weren't up on that level with me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I try to catch the youth at a young age to where the world doesn't, influence them in a bad way to where I can at least drop a seed to where Christ can start working up in that person. And I do understand that I'm not, a lot of times I'm not meant to take care of it and nurture it and prune it and, and do everything. My job, I just drop seeds. I give the word of God and I let God guide them where they need to go. If they're meant to come here, well, praise God, let's get it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's being kingdom minded, right? Because, it would be easy for me to to tell somebody, say, I'm I'm in, um, say, the Southwest side, mm -hmm. and I'm out there doing ministry. Hey, man, I got a great church. And that's not that's not logistically that's not a good thing for them. Like, yeah. how often are they going to make it from the Southwest side to Elam Church? Yeah. But we have to be able to find communities that they can plug into right where they are, and and let those local mm -hmm. churches, you know, help them. You know, yeah. and I think it's selfish sometimes when we're like, oh, man, we got to have everybody in our church, uh, which is not the case, man. We have to be able to have be kingdom minded and be bigger than our church. Exactly. Uh, and, and when you do that, then you can really start seeing, um, you know, God really moved in your, in, in your, uh, your ministry. Um, leave us with one thing that you want everybody to know before we get off of here. I just give God an opportunity. The same way you give everything else opportunities in the world, give that opportunity to God. Let God do what he needs to do, and God will reveal what it is that he needs to reveal to you. You know, been doing this for 10 years, doing my walk, and God's still revealing things to me, still letting me know. And a lot of times when you go do things for God, trust me, it's not going to be what you expect it to be. A lot of times you tell God, I'm going to do this, but God's going to send you somewhere else to do something else. And you can't be mad. Be obedient. Your obedience goes a long way. Obedience is very, very important. When you're obedient to God, God will open up them doors that you need open, not the ones you want. And we get we got to get self out of the situation. Remember, everything you do, is it a good idea or is it a God idea? You know, there's a difference between a good idea and a God idea. A good idea is more self. A God idea is straight God. So, I mean, just really reach out to the young ones. 
that's the next generation. That's the one that, that, that those are the ones we got to mold. Those are the ones that are going to help us out the situations we're in. Because I ain't getting no younger. I'm getting older. So I'm here to help the kids in any kind of way possible. Really anybody. But just really, man, just give it to God. Let God do his thing. That's good. Uh, you yeah. said something a while ago, and then we'll close with this. Uh, you said something a while ago uh, about the devil knew what he had. Yeah. And uh, the devil does know what he has. And that's why he fights so hard to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, because that same passion and that same drive and that same, uh, you know, mentality that you had to, to, you know, out there on them streets, we need that on this side too. Yeah, yeah. we need that same drive. We need that same personalities to come uh, on on the the kingdom side to do the same things to go and impact neighborhoods, but from a different angle, Amen. right? Instead of drugs and alcohol and women and all those things, let them know about Jesus. Yeah, I mean, only other than that, just let me say one thing. Just because it's street ministries, that don't mean that everybody in that neighborhood are addicted to drugs. Right. That's, yeah. that's a good or, point. Or yeah. in a bad, you know, bad state of mind or anything. You got a lot of people up in them neighborhoods that need to hear testimonies from people that were grew up in the church that have no idea what it's like being incarcerated or addicted to drugs or alcohol. You have a lot of them that live in those neighborhoods. So if you have an opportunity to do street ministry with somebody, take advantage of it. Do it. For all you know, that that might be where God wants you at. That's good. That's it. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming by, Jimmy, and we appreciate it. And we love you. Refuge Project.